Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Fellowship Podcast. We hope this message will inspire, challenge, and encourage you to grow closer to Christ. If you're in the Anchorage area, we invite you to be our guest during our morning Sunday worship service at 11 a.m. For directions, or if you would like more information about us, please visit akmaranatha.com. Good morning, everyone. Glad you're here. Hey, um, let me take a few moments and just say we're really proud of our youth group. We have great youth leadership, um, beginning with Kiki. She does a great job of uh, leading our youth our youth students and uh, making sure that everything works just the way that it should and challenging. And uh, I think that just comes from being a, a good youth student herself. So um, I asked her this morning if she had anything that was stirring on her heart from youth conference. And so uh, I'm going to give her a few moments before the message. And if it goes a little bit longer, then that will be the message. So... Kiki, come share with us a little bit about what God's put on your heart. Okay, so he actually said, do you want to preach? And I thought, am I supposed to? No, I don't want to preach. And then um, I just was, if I, if I have our students, um, if I encourage them to be led by the Holy Spirit and then I need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so I thought to myself, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't, it, we make him out to be some weird, like, spooky thing. And um, sometimes the Holy Spirit is your pastor <laughs> asking you a simple question and maybe challenging your thought process. So I thought, well, I, I have something to say because we should always have something to say, right? Um, and so I just want to share a little bit about, I'm not going to re-preach the, the message from this weekend, but I want to highlight some things and I challenged our students last night um, in, in the way that they should be living. And I think that we ought to, as adults and the generations that are ahead of them, be challenged because they're looking to us for direction. So um, let's just pray really quick. Father, I thank you um, just for this opportunity. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would um, just give me the words to speak and to encourage um, your people this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we had our speaker this weekend talked about being ruined for Jesus in a way that completely changes our lives. So that's kind of what I was telling the students this weekend. Well, if you're worried, it's because you're ruined. You're ruined to do things for his kingdom. You're ruined in a way that you don't look like the rest of the world. Um, Another thing that he talked about was being fearless. So how can we be ruined for Jesus? in a way that we cannot go back to our normal. We cannot go back to the life that we used to live, um, but we can live a life that looks fearless. So um, I I do want to just put this plug in. I, as a youth pastor, I don't carry as big of a burden as Pastor Luke does, but Pastor Luke spends his every hour that he can studying the word, so that he can feed us as his flock, that the flock that God has blessed him with. And they have given, Pastor Luke and Jamie, they have given their lives to something that they feel is important. And I know that we don't live for Pastor Luke and Janie. We live for the Lord, but the Lord has appointed them and has called them to be the leaders over this church. And um, if it means anything to you, coming off of Pastor Appreciation Month, <laughs> they find that they've given their whole lives because there's something valuable, there's something eternal, and something important. 
And so if they're willing to do that, if they're going to bank their whole life on ministry, then I think that we as a church should eat up everything that they have to offer, right? So um, they are willing to give their whole heart and their whole lives, no questions asked, for for each of us to live the life that God has called them to live. And so called us to live. And so that I'm a product of their ministry. And my heart for our students, your kids, is that I will give and do anything that I can so that they can live a life that is greater than anything that I could ever do. Because that's what Jesus told his disciples, that you're going to do even greater things than I've done on this earth, because I'm leaving you with Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit living inside of us, we actually have more power than the disciples had because they were with, they walked with Jesus, but Jesus is inside of us, um, empowering us to do what he's called us to do. So um, we're going to read in Hebrews chapter 3, and um, it's kind of a challenge. I was a little bit worried, but I think sometimes we need a nice kick in the pants from the Lord. <laughs> um, I know that I've been challenged this weekend, um, so if we're going to be in Hebrews 3. Um, ver- starting in verse 7, it says, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. During the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. That means right now, today. As long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end, the confidence we had at first. As, it ha- as has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. So I was thinking about that. Um, I love that it says here, as long as it is today, encourage one another daily, do not harden your hearts. And I was thinking about what does it mean to harden our hearts? Um, oftentimes it says, you know, we think, well, I believe in Jesus. I'm a good person. I'm not a sinner. Because it says here, see to it, brothers, none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And so many times as Christians, we go to church and we're like, well, I believe in Jesus. I, I didn't do a really big sin this last week. I um, am kind. I'm generous. But we don't realize that sometimes we really do have an unbelieving heart. When God calls us to go and minister to somebody, when God calls us to give up our agenda, our schedule for his, that's an unbelieving heart when we say no to doing it. Why is it an unbelieving heart? Because we don't believe that what Jesus has asked us to do is important. We don't believe that what Jesus has asked us to do is worthwhile. We don't believe that when he asks us to live holy um, and God, um, godly lives, that it's worth it, that that's actually what he's asking us to do. And so practically, I was encouraging the students last night that hardening our, hardening our hearts looks like doing nothing about what you've been taught. Hardening our hearts looks like 
coming to church and getting spoon-fed a great meal, but then not eating the rest of the week. Okay, other versions talk about having a callous heart. And if you know me, I think feet are gross, um, mainly because they have calluses and other crusty things. I know, really gross. But I don't like feet. And the students this week, by the way, they like to touch each other's feet. Like, I don't know. And I don't, this season right now, being a youth pastor to boys is really stretching. Because at one point, they're in the hot tub, like, all touching, like, their feet are against each other. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Hey, and they're asking everybody else to join them. Like, why? That is gross. But it's boys. I don't know. But anyway, so callus. What is a callus? Um, Calluses are basically like hardness of skin, right? Like nothing can get through. Kind of gross. And so I was thinking about like, okay, if I have a callous heart and I'm allowing that to be built up, then nothing can penetrate or can easily penetrate my heart, right? Callous, being callous is having a lack of empathy or a disregard for others' feelings. And I was thinking how that applies to what the scripture says. Don't be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We walk around and we think, well, I'm not a murderer. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a stealer. I don't do all these big crazy things. But we forget that sin is also just disobedience to what God has asked us to do. And when God asks us to do something and we say no to it, he asks again, we keep saying no to it. We're building up this desensitivity um, to the Holy Spirit. And so we're actually hardening our hearts. We read this, and I think sometimes as Christians, we get in this um, mode of, I'm good. I go to church three times a week. I pray before my meals. Sometimes I open my Bible and and read it for a few minutes. But God has called us to something deeper. And um, I was challenged this week, this weekend, and actually over the last few years, youth conference and youth camp, there's been a word um, in in the Assemblies of God that has been spoken over this next generation to be an unconventional generation, to do things that other generations haven't done before. And I believe it with all of my heart, which is why I'm... This is my job, and I, and I pour into students, and I deal with gross boys' feet and all of the things because I do believe that there's a generation that is rising up to change the world. But the problem is, is that they're looking to a generation that went before them, and they're asking us, and I'm not that far ahead. So I'm asking you, you guys, what do I need to do to be an unconventional generation? What example are our students looking at. So um, one of the other things that I was thinking of when, it be, when we talk about being callous, um, being, having a callous heart also practically looks like we're not, not being willing to be challenged and changed, right? Anytime somebody says something to me like, hey, Kiki, you, um, you're not doing this right, or maybe there's this blind spot in your life. Like my flesh automatically goes, whoop, what? What do you mean? I'm a youth pastor. I read my Bible. I do this, right? Instead of saying, okay, God, what is it that I'm not seeing? And so I'm afraid that the church and culture around us has gotten so used to being comfortable 
which is why I challenged our students to be uncomfortable this weekend. We've gotten so used to being comfortable, and we've built up a callus that we haven't actually realized we've built up because whenever somebody comes or our pastor or other leaders come in and speak into our lives and we don't like it, that's a callous heart. When your pastor or somebody who has authority to speak into your life says, hey, well, maybe you should look at it this way, or maybe you should do it this way, having a callous heart is going and saying, oh, I don't like what he said. I'm going to another church, or I'm not going to talk to him for a few weeks, or I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. So what are we asking the generation? What are we asking our children to do that we're not willing to do? Okay, what are we doing with the app? Something that... um, was said this weekend that spoke to me was that we are, this generation is a generation that is doing less with more. And um, I thought that was really powerful because generations before dreamed of having everything that we have now. Like, it was unheard of to have Google Home, like, turn on my lights. Like, I remember when I was a kid, there was a Disney movie with this, like, house that could do all the things and, like, serve you food and and whatever, but we're there now. Like, the Jetsons, like, that, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, we're in the future, and we have way more now, but we're actually doing less. So generations before dreamed of having all of these things to do more. Like, if I could just have this, I'll do more. And now we're here, and we're doing less. There's a problem. Our hearts as a church have been calloused, and I'm guilty of that, and I um, am challenged because we're asking these students to do more, and we're sitting here ourselves, and we're doing less. We're not reading our Bible. Um, This next generation apparently is like the most Bible illiterate generation. Um, The guy said whenever we went to Scripture, turn on your Bibles because everyone's Bibles are on their phones. Like, okay, that's fine, but what else are you turning on when you turn on your phone? Like, we need to get back to the basics of Christianity, and I think it starts with us as adults. So I did feel like when Pastor said, do you have something to say? Um, I want to challenge us as leaders, as parents, as aunties and uncles, grandparents, elders of the church. What are we doing with the things that God has given us? Are we doing less with more? Are we filling our time with all of this technology, these things that were supposed to bless us, but are actually bringing us farther away from the Lord? Um, I don't really have a long message, Pastor, so I'm I'm getting ready. I want to share just some lyrics to a song that we sang this weekend because I do think that some of us need to make some adjustments in our lives, including myself, okay? So I, whenever we um, share a message, it's not like you do this and I don't have to. Like, I definitely need to go back and take an inventory of the things that I'm doing or not doing or the, the areas where I have calloused my heart and I need to take, you know, the scrapey thing that takes off all the yuckies and, like, let the Holy Spirit scrape at my heart um, because I really, really do believe, and I don't get to say this often because I sometimes feel like maybe it's not my place, but I feel like as a church, as in, as a whole, we're really, like, we're really behind. We're lacking. We're not 
in the word. We're not willing to step out and change our schedules and to do things that we're not comfortable doing. If something um, messes with our sleep schedule, our TV shows, our game nights, our date nights, it's like, no. And we're not willing to let Jesus have space in our life. And I think that there's some adjustments that we need to do to make room for Jesus. And so um, one of the songs that we sang, it's called Heart Cry. And I'm just going to read a few lyrics because I think it's so important that we understand what it means if we have grown callous hearts to Jesus. What do we have to do? So it says, there's no longer room if it isn't you. I'll make a sacred space to meet with you face to face. I'm closing all the doors to all that isn't yours. I'm only here for you. How many of us are purposing to meet face to face with Jesus? Another uncomfortable thing that we did last night was I just put music on. I put on a few speakers around the living room and I blasted some worship music and we sang to worship music. So much so many times we're like, nope, I need I told him, I said, I don't have Zach in my living room. I don't have Pastor Luke in my living room every night, but I need to meet with Jesus every day. So we got to do the weird thing. You got to, if you have, if it means putting on Spotify and playing a worship song and raising your hands in the middle of your living room, the Holy Spirit can meet you in your living room the same that he can meet you at youth conference, youth camp, at church, at these altars. He can do that, but we're not willing to because it's weird. It's uncomfortable. Well, this isn't worship. It is. Wherever you lift your voice to the Lord and ask him to come in is worship. The chorus says, you are my heart cry. I don't want anyone else. You're my whole life. I don't need anything else. We sing that, but do we mean it? We sing abide in, to, to abide in Jesus. How many of us abided in the Lord this week? The second verse um, says, like water, and this is the one that, I, um, that, that really spoke to me. Like water to the drought, pour your spirit out. I'll dig the trenches deep. Come flood through the depths of me. Um, I'll dig the trenches deep. Really spoke to me because sometimes we're like, Lord, can you do something in my life? But we haven't actually made space. And so if God, if you want to be used by God, if you want God to speak to you, you actually have to do something. Okay? And you have to do more than just showing up at church. You've got to dig the trenches deep. You have to make space. So that's hard work. I don't know if any of you guys have ever dug a trench before? Anybody? Yeah. Have you ever done it with a shovel? It's difficult, right? And it's, it hurts. It's painful. Um, you're sweating and you get calluses on your hands. Some of you guys get injured doing it. Like, it is hard work and it's not fun. And so when we have to dig the trenches deep in our heart, we have to tear away at the calluses. It is hard work, and it's not fun. And I am human, and sometimes I will leave the hardest piece of work that I have to do until the very last because I don't want to do it. And if I can find a way not to do it, I won't do it. So a lot of us, if we can find a way not to dig the trenches deep in our heart, we won't. We'll just try to patch it on top. We'll try to make way for God on top of where he needs to get into the trenches. So I just, I feel like that's a challenge. You guys, it is a challenge to my own life. Um, I, there's areas where I need to dig trenches in my heart, and I need to um, make space and make room for Jesus. The, um, 
the bridge in the song says, Jesus, Jesus, I'm desperate for you. Whatever it takes, I'll do. Jesus, Jesus, I'm pushing through. I just need a touch from you. I, um, I feel like there's not a lot of us that are willing to do whatever it takes to receive from Jesus. We'll, we'll say a prayer. We'll tell a friend. I, I'm, I can't hear from him. I don't know what he wants from me, but we're not willing to actually do the work. And so practically speaking, because I always want to take a practical application um, for our students, obviously you can't get into your physical heart and start chiseling away at it. Like, that doesn't work. So what does that look like? Maybe I need to readjust my schedule. Maybe I need to go outside of my comfort, even in church, and actually open my mouth and worship Jesus. Maybe I need to come to the altars. Um, sometimes we don't come to the altars and meet purposefully meet with Jesus because we're afraid of what other people are going to think. Like, I want to be at the altar every moment that I can. And I sit here, not because I'm, like, trying to tell Jesus to save me from my sin and, and um, declaring some awful sin or some awful thing in my life. I'm sitting here because at the feet of Jesus is where we're going to receive from him. And so can we challenge, I mean, not very many churches do altar times anymore. I've been to a lot of churches, and it's like, get in and out. And we have a pastor whose heart is for us to meet with Jesus and to sit at the feet of Jesus. And sometimes it's like, where are they? And I'm not, I know some people can't physically get out of your seat. But if you can physically get out of your seat and become uncomfortable for a few minutes, like what Michael said, are we willing to push through and literally do whatever it takes? Or are we going to be like those in the wilderness who grew callous hearts and didn't even get into the promised land? We have more than the promised land. We have Jesus um, who has paved the way for us and Holy Spirit living inside of us. And I am guilty of this. I have not lived um, being a good steward of what God's given me. I have not allowed Holy Spirit to lead me in every area of my life. And I need to dig trenches deep. And I need to do whatever it takes so that I can be who God has called me to be. And I believe that there's something special that God is doing in our church and in our students. And we have to get on board. And we have to do, be willing to do whatever it takes. Man, that's a good word from somebody who wasn't prepared to preach this morning. Um, uh, and what's interesting to me is that uh, the message that God had put on my heart hits ticked on some of those same boxes. And so I know God is saying something to us here. I'm going to invite you to stand. Um, you know, there's a responsibility that older generations have to the next generation to tell of what God's done, to pray for them. I think... Uh, if we've experienced good things in God, it's probably not just because we've sought the Lord. It's probably because people before us have prayed, and we're reaping the benefits of that. Anybody here have praying parents or grandparents? Okay. Go ahead and hold your hand up. All right. They prayed for you, and you feel like your life is still reaping the benefits. My mom has been gone over 10 years now, and I know I'm still reaping the benefits of prayers that she prayed when I was a little boy. So I'm challenging us that it's not just prayer and being on fire for God is not just about us. It's about God's church being effective in this world, and we need to respond to him in a way 
that would bring glory to his name and that we could say to the next generation, we've walked faithfully and now we're handing the baton on to you. And uh, I don't want you to get in a hurry because your race isn't over yet, okay? You're not just handing the baton off and saying, my race is done. But what we need to do is we need to run well so that we can position the next generation to take over from where we're at. Do you understand what I mean by that? And so your race is not done today, then we need more of God. We need more of his help. And so I challenge us. We're going to spend a few moments at the altar. Let's uh, prepare for what God wants to do. There's this story in 2 Kings chapter 3 where a king comes to Elijah and there's no, there's no water for anybody to drink. And uh, the horses need water and the, the cattle need water and the sheep need water and the people need water. But there's no water, and so they call on Elijah, and he said, what, what's this got to do with me? And he said, I'm leaving. You haven't listened to the Lord. And he said, no, we need the Lord now. The king said, we need the Lord now. And so Elijah said, in the NIV, it puts it sort of passive, like the Lord's going to fill this valley with waters. In the KJV, it says, fill this valley with trenches. And God's going to respond to that, and he's going to pour the water in. So there's prep work that needs to be done. Sometimes we pray a prayer like this. Remember, I think it was a Steve Green song, Lord, take the plow to my fallow grounds. He said, I've been living in Laodicea. Anybody remember that song? Living in Laodicea. The fire that once burned bright, I've let it grow dim. The very one I swore that I would die for, I've now forgotten, and the world's become my friend. It's time to turn that around. Let God be God. So um, I'm going to ask uh, our worship team to come. They're already here. I'm going to ask our people in the back if you'll turn our lights down for us just to, to help us to find an intimate moment with the Lord. And I'm going to open the altars up. If you'd like to come pray, I invite you to do that. If you have a student that comes to the altar to pray that's in your household, would you come pray for them? We want to take some time to pray because it's not just our students that need a fresh touch from the Lord. There's a Bible verse that says it's not good to have zeal without knowledge. And I want to suggest to you the opposite's true, too. It's not good to have knowledge without zeal. We need to couple those together, and then God can do something great. So maybe you've got a lot of experience with God, but the fire has died down. Can we invite the Holy Spirit to come breathe breath of life across our lives and cause those embers to begin to stir and fire to, to grow? And maybe there's some here that you're saying, man, I'm on fire for the Lord. I just need some direction. Holy Spirit, give me some direction. And we love that too. Let's let God be God. And so these altars are open. Come spend a few moments in prayer. If you're not used to coming to the altar, why don't you today make an exception to that? Come spend some time at the altar. These steps are altar, and we're going to take a few moments to pray before the Lord. And then we'll come back in a few minutes and, and dismiss today. Thank you for joining us today. If this ministry has impacted you, we would love to hear about it. You're welcome to message us at akmaranatha.com forward slash contact or message us on Facebook at Maranatha Full Gospel Fellowship. We pray you are blessed by the message and have a wonderful week.